Welcome to Relay Chain, a podcast produced by Parity Technologies, where we discuss all things Substrate, Polkadot, and Web3. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Relay Chain. I'm super excited. I have Sergey from the Robonomics team here today, and we're going to take a deep dive into everything Robonomics and find out what these guys are cooking up. Uh, how are you doing, Sergey? Hi, Jordan. Hi, everyone. Uh, fine. It's uh, very close to nighttime in my home city, but I'm here and happy to speak a little bit with you about robotics and why crypto communities should care about uh, use cases around robotics plus blockchain. Absolutely. Yeah, we're really glad to have you here. So let's start from the very top and we'll, we'll dig down as we go. Um, can you give us a nice high level overview of what Robonomics the project is? Okay, today uh, Robonomics, it's an IoT platform for projects where you wanted to try to make some connections between humans and machines or between machines uh, with the technical and economical details in form of atomic transactions. Because, for example, right now we use our mobile phone as a payment option often, and I guess much more than to uh, use traditional money. We use a digital money in, di in a different form. But, and in the same time, we interact with machines much more than with the humans. For example, when you try to get your coffee in some places, uh, you pay to machine and humans start working after that. So if you will look inside architecture, of most part of use cases like car sharing as uh, vending machines, you will find uh, two different, two separate uh, workflows. First, with the technical details, your transaction, and second, with the economical part of your transaction, like uh, your contract details and your communication internet communication details. So Robonomics started in 2015 uh, from the beginning of Ethereum as a research project where we start thinking about smart contracts as the most interesting approach to connect machines in modern city, in like a smart city uh, and uh, with humans. So it was on the start. And after six years, we right now have a platform, software platform. It means we have a, a, a different packages, software solutions for decentralized application developers, for uh, maintainers who need to have uh, uh, nodes, and for robotics engineers who need to connect their robotics system to internet. And if you will start to use all parts of Robonomics platform, you will have opportunity to build uh, 
I guess, most advanced uh, solution for Internet of Things market where users, we have uh, interface in form of decentralized application, which will help to keep your privacy. And I guess you know about our uh, important text of serverless technologies. Secondly, you will have a ecosystem inside global network uh, where you will have uh, uh, solutions like uh, smart contracts, like uh, uh, direct payment from your wallet to robotic system without any intermediaries like uh, banks or as a cloud who will need to connect, as I said before, two points of work with uh, technical details and economical. And you will have a connection between robotics and internet without additional intermediaries too. So it means we, in this approach, we will have opportunity to avoid breakout situations in if one data center in some place in the world will be switched off. So mm. that is a robonomics right now. Very interesting. So uh, if I were to kind of synthesize that down, if I understand correctly, robonomics is not only a way for humans to communicate to robots, but also it's a platform for robots to connect to the internet and to connect to each other, right? Yeah, right. Because one of the most, for me, interesting part of research in robonomics, it's a question about machine-to-machine -machine economical communication. Because, for example, uh, we as humans have a lot of um, limitations when we try to make new agreements. Like, uh, you really don't want to spend a lot of time to find a most advanced option uh, when you try to buy something or when you try to find best price of, of some goods, like uh, uh, when you go to Amazon and found thousands of items, you say, oh, no, 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 I will get this one and, and go out. Machines don't have that limitations. And it means economy of robots can work on another level of speed. Mm. So I, I think future of humanity, future of our fast uh, build it on much faster uh, in comparison with, uh, with human economy, economy of machines. It's a key to see modern city where we have a much more goods, services with less cost of them. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that um, definitely paints a very interesting picture of the future for me. That's really, really cool. Jumping back a bit to the past, you mentioned that Robonomics started as a project on Ethereum in 2015. So you guys have been building for a very long time. Um, can you walk us through like the timeline of starting in 2015 up to present day where now you're also building on Substrate and um, aiming to be a parachain, but also still have a presence on Ethereum? Yeah. Can you walk us through that? I think, you know, after six years, it will be very difficult to explain all parts of, of processes. But 
I will try uh, speak only about important milestones uh, on mm-hmm. our our way. Uh, first of all, we start from idea, idea which was described in the first Nick Sabo paper, the idea of smart contracts, the first paper where where you can find mentions of smart contracts have an example of using smart contracts in form of smart leasing. When we try to buy car or vending machine and smart contract can control backdoor for agent B and if agent B will not pay next payment, to agent A uh, in in lease agreement, backdoor will lock. So uh, first mention of using smart contracts was about I Internet of Things use mm. case. So it was in 2014 when I started to work with Ethereum before the launch, and in December of uh, 2015 after a lot of different experiments like uh, uh, you know in 20 uh, in 2015 uh, tried to make something with the smart contracts was much more difficult than right mm-hmm. now <laughs> mm-hmm. you we don't have any documentation in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, most part of uh, of what we should do was uh, describe it in form of comments in on, on GitHub and so on. So uh, we spent around six months after the launch of Ethereum to ensure that the smart contracts works on Ethereum, works fine uh, as we need. And after that, we spent time to buy some equipment and prepare the first experiment with drones. We showed how you can pay to drone uh, for drone delivery services and uh, make it available on YouTube. So like it was a, a first example of interaction between human and machine in form of smart contract with the payment, with the agreement, with the additional information inside smart contract with your geolocations and so on in the beginning of 2016. So it was the first year. After that, we tried to find more suitable use case. Like uh, our main idea was uh, not just to say, hey, blockchain is a good uh, solution for IoT market and for robotics. No, we started to find suitable place for blockchain technology, for smart contracts, for new internet generation of internet technologies for robotics. And we spent around two years with that uh, before uh, end of 2017, we just uh, speak with uh, researchers uh, outside our university. Most part of our developers working in Saint Petersburg, uh, in and the same time they was uh, students in Itmo University. Now, sometime after now, post part of students engineers and 
PhD students. So two years we spent to find suitable use cases. And after that, we found uh, uh, several issues with uh, using Ethereum, just only Ethereum for robotics. And that was a concept of Robonomics Network. The first concept of Robonomics Network, like an additional layer over Ethereum to fix some issues regarding using Ethereum for IoT. Mm-hmm. We spent additional 18 months and uh, before end of 2019, we published uh, our beta version of Urbanomics Network with uh, our set of smart contracts for Ethereum. And I guess most interesting in uh, architecture of Urbanomics over Ethereum was our, our ideas about Ethereum as a world computer and our smart contracts as the programs which uh, with the conception of gas, of course, and we think that will be interesting to connect emission algorithm uh, inside system with uh, gas consumption. And this is what can be interesting for just only crypto guys. And for uh, developers uh, who are interested to try new technologies, right now the same uh, source code of smart contracts available on GitHub and additional um, packages, software packages for robotics, uh, you can find in the same place on, on Robonomics GitHub. And you can try to connect your uh, robotic system to Ethereum. But uh, in uh, 2018-2019, we started to think about substrate. Uh, we just tried to make something with substrate because we think that the Polkadot ecosystem is like a, Ethereum have a long road to the next version of the project. Mm. And when I read uh, Polkadot white paper uh, in 2017, uh, I start thinking about Polkadot as a, what can be done with Ethereum, uh, first version of Ethereum, if they will change some part of, of this concept. After mm. that, when we uh, found substrate concept, we think, hey guys, I guess it will be interesting because the framework by parity team, it should be something. Mm. And, and after that, we started to work with implementation of Robonomics network with our interesting part of what we've done on Ethereum in form of uh, source code uh, with our implementation on Substrate. And it was another new, uh, I guess not another new adventure for our mm-hmm. team because your mm-hmm. your rules was changed. You started to work more as a developer of something native. Like uh, you need to start thinking as a, a builder of, of network. In when we work only over Ethereum, we 
we think as Solidity developers for Ethereum with a proposal to make something additional. But when you start working on substrate, you need to think as a, a builder from the scratch. Like mm-hmm. you, 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 it's it's very important and interesting uh, if you wanted to make level up for your developer skills in blockchain. Substrate is good, good, good mm-hmm. way. So and. Right now, uh, more than two years, I guess three years, we spent with the substrate implementation. And now we tested uh, our implementation on substrate in form of parachains in Rococo. And we have our uh, additional test area. So that is from developer's perspective what, what was happened. And uh, additional one, it's a research work. If you will go to Robonomics Network website, you can find in uh, section, uh, in community section, uh, our scientific papers. We made more than 10 scientific papers about uh, robotics plus blockchain. And Mm. I guess not so many uh, papers you can find on this place, on frontier between Internet mm-hmm. of Things, robotics, blockchain, Ethereum, Substrate, Polkadot, and IPFS. All mm-hmm. of this stuff for robotics, yeah, you can find in, in our scientific papers. Yeah, I think that's super uh, fascinating because a, a whole lot of what um, is being focused on right now in blockchain is the finance side of things. And um, it's refreshing to see that there's more op- applications to blockchain technology outside of that. And and this is particularly futuristic. I mean, like we, we think about sci-fi movies and it's all the robots and, and space travel. And it's like, how do we get from here to there? And I think this is uh, sort of an intermediary step. Like it, it totally makes sense that we need a, a trusted layer for these machines to interact with each other and for us to interact with them and make sure that they're doing their job and, and playing by the rules. So this is very interesting to talk about. So we talked about a bunch of the past, um, how, how we got here today. So what are the what are the future considerations that um, you guys have for Robonomics? Where do you guys see yourselves going? Basically, um, as I said before, for developers' experience, uh, uh, it's very interesting to start making uh, with a substrate from scratch now uh, something. But when we go to the next step, when you will try to uh, make your part chain, you will have a question about ecosystem at the same time. For example, right now, we see how happening Polkadot ecosystem in form of Kusama relay chain, yeah? Uh, But uh, for us as um, developers who believe in the same time in Polkadot and Ethereum, we really need to find more uh, interesting solutions uh, to build bridges between uh, two so important ecosystems. And and here is a future of urbanomics. We uh, strongly focusing 
on the future of Polkadot and Ethereum with a bridge without uh, big issues around these bridges, with uh, bridge what we can trust and use if we will need to connect some smart contracts in Ethereum with some part chains uh, inside Polkadot ecosystem. And that is uh, a lot of questions here. When you will try to think about something like Arabonomics, we should uh, propose Polkadot ecosystem or Ethereum to not a crypto community, but for uh, customers, for BMW or to uh, uh, any car sharing company. We think that best what we can propose that the combination of huge ecosystem projects. And uh, it's uh, some people will say, no, 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 better to see battle between Ethereum and so. No, we believe in the future where uh, Ethereum and Polkadot can work together and uh, developers will have an uh, opportunity to make something. Uh, inside one union ecosystem with uh, his freedom of choice, what exactly he wants to use right now in, the, in, in this part of your project, smart contract or parachain or combination of that. And uh, outside blockchain, uh, most interesting milestone for urbanomics is uh, uh, adoption of next version of robot operating system ross mm. ross it's a it's really most i guess interesting in robonomics right now for example i guess you heard about some not a lot but some iot projects uh, we uh, in blockchain ecosystem mm. I, I i think a lot of examples you can find if you you want but most part of this project is focusing on implementation of some workflow like uh, data marketplaces or uh, transaction-free zero-cost transactions between machines. But when you will start looking on industry uh, to Internet of Things market to robotics market, which was mo more important than Internet of Things, because Internet of Things is a question about embedded systems uh, inside uh, inside something. But robotics, it's uh, it's a vending machine. It's your car. It's uh, it's your robot Rosie. It's a hmm. it's a something what you want to see as a dreamer in your life. So mm. uh, in these cases, we should focus on robotics and robotics is need much more complex solutions should be implemented. For example, if you try to make uh, packages for robotics arm for manipulators, you will spend around two years to make something if you will start from scratch mm. and you will have uh, hundreds, very difficult to predict issues because real equipment 
it's much more harder than simulation or like uh, doing your internet project. So like mm-hmm. uh, you have uh, motors, you need think about how physics aspects of your of your solution. So mm-hmm. ROS, it's a framework in robotics with the hundreds and I guess right now thousands ready to work packages for different parts for your system, like uh, computer vision, obstacle avoidance systems, like uh, uh, you can find uh, support of, I guess, most part of type of drones. You can find support uh, packages for most part of manipulators, industry manipulators. So uh, if you will go to robot operating system uh, website and spend around one hour in this place, uh, you will find, wow, uh, I can really make it. So I can uh, install this package and start working with a robot arm. Yes. You can spend, uh, we tested that with the students in university. They spent around one month to finish with uh, uh, one of the, not, not a simple, but uh, from with the first lesson uh, in robotics, like a robot arm in, in stage of candle, when you, hmm. uh, when you make your, uh, your arm up. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so uh, without ROS, you will never to make it in student period. So mm. uh, in Robonomics, we focusing on ROS architecture to support them. So it means right now in our substrate implementation and in our implementation for Ethereum, you right now can connect all of this robotic system to Robonomics uh, on substrate to Robonomics on Ethereum. And in RS right now happening uh, big migration process from first version to second version. Like, <laughs> I guess everything happened from the first version to mm-hmm. <laughs> the next version in the next five years. So after 10 years with the first version, RS tried to migrate our packages to the second. So this is our uh, second important milestones for uh, developers uh, in the next two years. Mm. Okay, so so if I understand correctly, ROS is a is a standard uh, operating system across all Robonomics outside of blockchain. Like this is this is what the standard is in the market. It's not a standard, but it's um, uh, we don't have a robotics market right now. Very primitive, like uh, mm. it's it's like. Uh, internet in 2000s right? okay first frameworks just happening right now on our eyes and RS is a one of the first and most famous most useful framework with a 10 years history mm, okay okay and so a part of your work with robonomics is creating packages that work with in um ross that connect ross to the blockchain is that right yeah Yes. Okay. Yeah. We try to propose for robotics engineers something which will not to 
spend developer developer time to uh, understand what exactly is substrate, for example. He will just start coding in ROS with the same architecture. Will, he will just uh, inject additional packages for ROS. And after that, your robotic system, like a vending machine, can start interact with the customers or users uh, with blockchain, with a new generation of internet technologies. Mm, that's fascinating. Okay, so the plan is, from from the research I've done, to become a pair chain on Kusama and then eventually on Polkadot. But I also saw that in your long-term kind of vision is to become a relay chain of your own. Um, but I understand that like a little bit of that may have changed in, in the recent times. Can, can you talk about that, uh, that vision to become a relay chain and what's changed? We need to start from, from substrate uh, definition. It's a framework to build anything like uh, in form of decentralized network. And it means uh, you will need to make more than a Solidity uh, smart contract developers to, to see your projects live. So like if you will go out introduction lessons on Substrate, you will uh, start working with your real project. And only after, I guess, six months, you will have something uh, with your, your intellectual property, some, something like that. And... Uh, we think that we should uh, care about uh, runtime of our part chain. Uh, common functions, like uh, uh, functions which should be interesting for most part of use cases on frontier between robotics and blockchain, we will implement and working right now uh, for urbanomics web services blockchain. So like uh, the same uh, like Amazon or Azure for IoT. Uh, some like uh, decentralized common functions, uh, decentralized cloud common functions. But when we start looking inside use cases, uh, which we done before, we found that uh, for drone market, for industrial market, uh, we need to have uh, some specific functions. And we decided to, uh, to work in the next uh, two or five years, it's how it will go, mm -hmm. uh, uh, to implement additional part chains with the specific functions for different uh, markets. It not means that we will work, uh, we will try to implement hundreds types of parachains, but it will be some like a common decentralized cloud for IoT uh, to compare with Amazon Web Services and uh, drone robot as a service and maybe uh, ecological uh, ecological mm. systems. And after that, we start to think, okay, it will be very difficult to connect separate parachains to Polkadot because the Polkadot, it mm. will be something uh, 
much more difficult to get thought something mm-hmm, like on, mm-hmm. on the on, on long term. And here's the reason why we're interested to shift in form of railway chain. And in this way, we will have a lot of issues too. So like we will need to care about validators uh, in, in your para chain, but in the same time, uh, guys, validators in para chain, when you have a shared security of Polkadot, it's something uh, what you should, should think more. Like, uh, so we need a lot of research work here. And that is the reason uh, why uh, we think relay chain is a vision of the next mm-hmm. two years. But uh, common idea here, occupied sort of Polkadot ecosystem with the relay chain of urbanomics and connect instances of common functions or drone functions or robot as a service functions uh, uh, on demand. If we will mm-hmm. see more subscribers for common functions, we will try to connect to our relay chain additional parachains, so uh, parachain with a common function. It will see more interesting to drone, drone uh, roads, navigation systems, or other specific functions. We will connect additional instances of specific parachains. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that, that makes sense. And like, um, as you said, it's kind of a, a ways down the, the line. Uh, much more research needs to be done in, in terms of like the cross-chain messaging uh, protocol and stuff that's being worked on now. Uh, because what we're talking about is uh, nested relay chains where we can continually scale out the Polkadot ecosystem. And so you would still be connected to Polkadot, but you would be uh, another hub where parachains can connect directly to you. Yeah, and... As I remember, Gavin in one of his presentation answered to the question, what is the limit of Polkadot? <laughs> he said, no limit, because you can build, 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 build your tree. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, that's an exciting future to kind of move towards. <laughs> um, I look forward to seeing that happen. Okay, so you talked about some of this earlier on, um, reading that some of the initial research on smart contracts and the first use case being like smart leasing. And then you also talked uh, about like uh, robots as a service. And, and I saw these are like some core goals. You have like five core goals with Robonomics. And that, that kind of shifts us into talking more about what the use cases of Robonomics are. So like bringing it right down to like the practicalities of what you can use Robonomics for. I have a couple that I want to ask you about, but I'm interested what what your ideas of of these use cases are. What's the most exciting for you and what are you interested about? For me, most interesting two use cases, but for your listeners, I guess we will be interesting to uh, say that uh, we have a book with uh, 17 use cases on our website in section for community, so themselves, and about my favorite use cases. First, uh, I guess it's simple, but necessary today to have its uh, digital markets for robotics. For example, uh, do you have a vacuum cleaner in, in, in your home or uh, your friends, maybe someone have a, a vacuum cleaner, a, a smart vacuum cleaner, of course. Oh yeah, like, the, like a Roomba or and, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah a Roomba, a, a robot or, or yeah. something. 
And you have a, I guess, autonomous uh, system inside your your room, inside your home. You design it, your floor to uh, uh, to fix our obstacles, our crash obstacles for your robot in your home. But after two months, you need to care about replacement of some parts with your hands, with your mind. And you start thinking, hey guys, why? Why you make application for customers where I will have just information about, you need to change this, this part. For me, as a robonomics developer, uh, it's clear we can just connect uh, iRobot to robonomics and our robots will have opportunity to send demand with a payment to replace some parts. And in some day, in Sunday morning, you will have a call on your ring bell and engineer will will stay behind you and say, hello, I'm here to work with your iRobot, <laughs> not with mm-hmm. you. I, you. I don't care about <laughs> you. I need to work. And after some maintains, your iRobot will send reports to smart contract or to uh, final uh, finalization function that everything okay, it's original parts, and that's all. Mm-hmm. I guess it's it will be nice <laughs> to see more robotic system inside our home, with, but without additional uh, requirements to us to maintain their life cycle. So uh, this is a digital market uh, for robotics idea. We can right now make it. Second, I guess it's um, more uh, more interesting for uh, from economy theory perspective. It's a question how we make a decision of uh, producing new type of goods and services. Uh, let's go to theory and look on moving of capitals. We know that investors put their money, their capitals to some ideas. And uh, as a result of that, factors uh, of production cycles in a lot of factories changing. So like uh, new investments in some factories change their, their products inside. And if you make a good decision, you will have income in form of dividends uh, from your shares. So, but if you spend your in, uh, money to make something what really not needed, you will don't have a good price of your shares and, and you will never find d- dividends on, on your bank account. But how it should work in lights out uh, factories and in uh, new industrial zones where 
uh, we will have a fully automated supply chains, how they should change their workflow, what exactly should be produced, because we know if we will look only on marketing uh, evidence, you will never find something like iPhone or Apple Corporation in the United States. It's a question about founders and investors cycle before believers and some someone who believe in that. So, uh, uh, from this perspective, uh, I started to work with the research where we uh, try to imagine uh, uh, industrial zone with the two factories which can change their produ- production supply chain after uh, some movements of capitals inside blockchain, some like uh, we think about solution, how we can connect uh, investors directly to uh, smart factories. So, like, so this is uh, my uh, favorite use cases. And uh, on, on these fields, I try to spend my, my time when I have it. That's awesome. Like uh, like you mentioned, there's a, a whole book of all these use cases, and and I took a, a look at them, and a couple of them stood out to me. Um, you you have um, something called RWS in in contrast to AWS, and I'm interested um, to hear a little bit more about that. Like, what is that kind of uh, use case? Yeah, as I said before, um, common functions of Robonomics Parachain will be present in form of Robonomics Web Services Parachain, and right now Robonomics Parachain is Robonomics Web Services Parachain. It's like uh, the same. But as I said before, in our vision, Robonomics should be relay chain. So in, in this case, we cannot say that uh, Robonomics Parachain and Robonomics relay chain. So it's it's will be uh, we will have a lot of mistakes in this terminology. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, Right now, what we exactly have in form of Robonomics parachain in future should be uh, uh, Robonomics web services parachain. And when we finished with implementation over Ethereum, we tried to find uh, not just research and development use cases, but real customers and users what uh, for what we done and we found two pro- problems first it's of course cost in you will never find a good adoption of new generation of internet technologies if your transaction in vending machine will have a cost of twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. You will need to have a gold vending machine in Dubai, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's all. It will be your use case, your main and only one mm-hmm. <laughs> use case for 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 this vending machine. Um, second part, uh, second problem. What we found, it was uh, we like uh, build it a space station. In, inside black hole, when we go to industrial companies like KUKA and other and start speaking about smart contracts uh, uh, for interaction between humans and machine to uh, create 
digital markets for robotics, they said, whoa, 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 guys, <laughs> let's back before. That is the reason why we focused on IoT implementation from 2019 to 2021. And that is the reason why we propose Robonomics as a platform for IoT solutions, for IoT solutions uh, in smart city application and industry four. Uh, so it's a very hard right now to propose uh, some futuristic solutions and no one care about that you can make it. They just cannot believe mm -hmm. <laughs> that works. So uh, Robonomics Web Services, it's a result of our research in 2018, 2019, with the most important functions which you will need to have if you will try to build the same application to interact with a simple or not simple, but Internet of Things devices like uh, smart home systems. But as I said, with your privacy because uh, without any issues around your privacy because I don't know how it's right now in the United States after China and United States uh, trade wars. But when I buy something uh, from Xiaomi right now, I start thinking, um, Sergey, how it's work right now? How many information <laughs> collected about my uh, smart uh, about my smart home in Russia? And so, mm -hmm. and its questions will be every time. So, okay, uh, your privacy, yes, it's a it's your problem uh, in in uh, in standard architecture in client-server architecture. So our main idea right now when we're working on Robonomics Web Services parachain, it's a present something as a IoT uh, decentralized cloud solution and say, hey guys, uh, you can build your application without privacy issues. You can build your application to interact with your home vacuum cleaner without additional server in thousand kilometers outside your home. Uh, but as I said right now, most part of technical teams inside corporations don't have any solutions, don't have research papers, don't have a ready to work open source solution to try other type of architecture outside standard client server architecture. So that is, a, we hope, will be point of growth for Robonomics Parachain. We will propose uh, in time when Robonomics will be, I hope, uh, as a Kusama Parachain, uh, as a something what you can use in your application for customers, and they will like that. Awesome, awesome. So another one of the use cases that was on the in the book was uh, it says Mars colonization is impossible without Kusama, and I'm very interested. Yeah, yeah how how you see um, Robonomics fitting into Mars colonization? 
First of all, uh, we have a short ad house cinema. From the last year, uh, you can write Kusam on Mars on YouTube, and you, I guess you will find because it's around 30,000 views on YouTube. And I spent a lot of time with astronomy as a theory uh, in time when I was in school. And after that, when I met uh, other guys from, uh, from our team, we found that uh, something interplanetary, it's not just something what you can find in your Twitter if you subscribe to Elon Musk. Something. Hey guys, it's it's. it's can be available to try making for guys who think about economy of robots, right? We are, (laughs) 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 we build something inside black hole. So uh, we work in a lot of time uh, in our dark citadel, why (laughs) we cannot uh, dream about interplanetary uh, cooperation between Mars and Earth. So we look on, architecture of power chains and found that if we look on Ethereum as a world computer, it's a union world computer. You have uh, thousands of nodes, but it should work as a one union system. In Polkadot, you have another vision. You can connect your power chain with a Another time of producing blocks, like uh, time what you needed to send transaction from, uh, to send block with a transaction, uh, with a transactions from Mars to Earth and get, of course, feedback. Uh, so that opportunity give us vision of how economy for Mars colony can be connected to Earth. So like uh, in Mars part chain, we can uh, keep our information about uh, real estate property, about our monies, or, you know, that should be something not a, uh, like a free market, <laughs> but, but it should have uh, some economy system. So uh, in this case, uh, if we will have a parachain with, here is we have a, one interesting issue. You will have a, uh, not, uh, not a constant time of uh, producing books because time uh, to send information between Earth and Mars dif- different in the mm-hmm. different position of Mars mm-hmm. and Earth. And we, uh, in the last year, spent some, some, some weekends to, to answer to the question, can we done that? And yes, uh, it can be done mm-hmm. in Polkadot ecosystem uh, because protein architecture uh, give us opportunity to make another time to settle block in railway chain. And question only in uh, soft algorithm to uh, to change time for block producers in parchain. 
So that is the reason. And uh, in video, you can find how we wrap that in some form of futuristic uh, ideas. Like That's so cool. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of this. Uh, robots in space and going to Mars in, in general. That's like fa super fascinating. Yeah, but uh, in, uh, I, I, I have uh, some examples of uh, real interesting use cases in space industry for blockchain. For example, digital uh, twins for very sensitive part of communication be between um, space shuttle or some uh, some processes on orbit of Earth right now. So uh, my colleagues, robotics engineers, said me that right now. Uh, space industry tried to solve uh, problems with uh, uh, security of real-time uh, working from Earth with uh, robotics on orbit station right now. And here is we need to uh, resolve a lot of issues with the cybersecurity and in the same time with the double-checking of status uh, all uh, processes on Earth and on station. Because if you have a, a synchron uh, unsynchronization process, uh, it will crash. Incredible. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I came across the, the terminology digital twin um, in some of the documentation. Can you talk about what that means? Yeah, and uh, digital twins, it's, I guess, uh, most suitable part of Internet of Things market um, solutions, which we can adopt inside blockchain. It means, as I said before, uh, ideas or about uh, uh, zero cost transactions or uh, with the marketplace for uh, for data collected by sensors. All of that interesting, but. Uh, Digital twins, it's something which is suitable for blockchain. For example, you never have a, a direct communication from your mobile application with any robotic system, so like a car sharing. When you open your application for car sharing on mobile phone, you see uh, digital twins of our cars in your city, not a real cars, but last evidence from robotics inside some cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and what here is uh, interesting, uh, in most part of standard processes uh, in robotics, you need to have a real-time communication and wait before block will be produced in the next four, six, or 12 seconds. Um, it's a question. Sometimes yes, but sometimes no. But if we start looking on blockchain as a data storage for digital twins, uh, rules change because... Uh, in most part of use cases, what I found right now uh, around digital twins, you every time have a 
uh, not less than 10 seconds latency between uh, new information from robotics uh, to update their uh, digital twins. So we don't have a first important issue from IoT market as a real-time communication in case of digital twins. Second is a um, uh, question about single version of digital twin in supply chain. When we start making copy of digital twins between uh, different corporations, uh, IT systems, you will find uh, problems with the real status of this product, like uh, uh, you produce car on factory and keep digital twin of your car inside IT system on factory. After that, dealer sold your car to uh, to client with a application and your car uh, made first maintain uh, to replace some parts in some city uh, in any country in the world. So in these cases, you will find uh, issues with a, a single version of digital twin. Blockchain, nice place to, uh, to connect all participants of supply chain to single version of digital twin. And last uh, uh, interesting part of what is digital twin and why blockchain is a good place for digital twin is uh, our robotics system has uh, rules of uh, launching or switch off this system. For example, pollution sensor should uh, make new measurements only one time in five minutes. And if you will try to collect data from sensor directly without digital twin, you will have uh, problems with, with that because uh, if uh, engineers say only one time in five minutes, <laughs> it's a uh, you can you cannot do with that something because the developers and engineers say that only one time in five minutes. So <laughs> digital twins help us to uh, connect hundreds, thousands, and millions of users to uh, data from sensor without direct communication with sensor and blockchain nice place for uh, global accessible digital twins. If you need to connect uh, hundreds, thousands users from different uh, countries, blockchain, not bad solution to keep your digital twin. Amazing, super cool. There's one other use case that I wanted to ask you about. I thought it was um, really cute, was the this robot artist, Gakachu. Yeah. Where you can you can like pay for this artist to this robotic artist to make art for you, and I'm interested in like how that works. And so this art is um, strictly physical right now, but is there any thoughts of like it making NFTs and like how does it evolve? And like I have so many questions around this. Can you just talk about it for me? Um, we found 
Гакачу он Урал in one uh, automotive repair station. Uh, he uh, Gakachu spent around four years to make hard uh, job with a, a, a specialist in uh, after repair uh, station. And we ask them to uh, sell Gakachu to us and start to teach uh, him to make artist work because it was one of the most, I guess, outside real world, but very uh, useful to understand uh, vision of economy of robots and it's something like it's happening right now to uh, teach robot arm to start painting after he spent four years in real uh, work before that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, what we try to explain with the Gakachu experiment that uh, I was four times on high-level uh, discussions in Europe uh, around ethics in robotics in uh, questions, should we think about robotics as an economy, economical agents? But my ideas in Gakachu experiment was we cannot stop connecting robotics to human economy. Bitcoin is the first money for robots. You don't need to ask any bank uh, to open bank account for your robot. If you want, you can just create private key and put it inside your robotic arm. And after that, your solution uh, your maybe your your friend after four years inside dark citadel <laughs> with <laughs> development uh, uh, can start earn money with uh, functions which you programming but for example in Gakachu we use cognitive services and it means uh, Gakachu try to find information from Twitter about interesting situations, about what really right now happening and working like a real artist, try to uh, to make uh, some, some decisions to paint new, uh, new words or something else. And you not order something from Gakachu. Gakachu make something mm. and will sell you and earn their own money. Wow. It means uh, I try to say, hey guys, you cannot speak about should we make additional type of bank accounts for robots? No, no, guys. It's ha- everything happened right now. <laughs> we have we have a money for robots. Mm. We have a smart contracts for robots. We have a independent network solutions for economy of robots. And only what we really can, it's uh, try to 
make bridges between uh, between uh, economy of robots and economy of humans. So this is uh, mm. the uh, ideas behind Gakichu experiment. That's amazing. So it decides in some some way um, what it it creates and then puts those up for sale and you can buy them and then it yeah. would it would use then the the funds it makes from that to presumably pay for its own maintenance. Yeah, uh, first we found provider of some additional functions for Gekachu in form of internet services with uh, crypto payments. It means we try to teach Gakachu right now to work with internet services useful mm. for him and at the same time available in crypto. It will be like a, 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 your robot can not only earn money, but buy some additional services uh, itself. Mm. That's super cool. Okay, so... Yeah, we've talked a whole bunch about Robonomics in specific, super fascinating and informative. I wanted to zoom out again and talk more about the general kind of state of the world and and how we're moving into this fourth industrial revolution. So firstly, like for those that don't know or have like a, a definition of what this means, can you describe what the fourth industrial revolution is? Yeah, yeah. Um... And it's a difficult, yeah, yeah <laughs> because because third and second and the first industrial revolution was much more clear than uh, happening right now. Uh, and one more before we start speaking about industrial revolution, we should uh, focus on revolution part of our minds because, uh, for example, how. Uh, industrial revolutions um, happened with not a most uh, fascinating or most uh, wonderful inventations. Uh, industrial revolution happened after we found uh, some uh, approaches or solutions to disrupt as a, like a, a mm-hmm. most part of uh, San Francisco startups we mm-hmm. can disrupt but it's happened in industrial revolutions uh, they change human lives it change our processes in uh, in manufacturing in logistics and so on and if we speak about third industrial revolutions it's of course computers and we can imagine what exactly is right now computers but main idea in uh, next industrial revolution is uh, cyber physical systems cyber physical systems it's a very complex solution uh, uh, where you can find a lot of parts inside like um, your new uh, google maps when you try to uh, build your route from point A to point B with the public transport, use information from transport, use information about traffic jams, and so on. So all parts of decision-making, what type of route you should uh, use, this is a cyber physical system. Cyber physical system is uh, 
not a drone, but a drone base. Cyber-physical system, it's a, not just one manipulator on factory, it's a whole factory controlled by automation system, something like that. Okay. Uh, so it's a question not about one sensor, but a sensors network and, and so on. So cyber-physical systems, uh, it's uh, something what we try to build to make more without humans, because every time when we try to, uh, to produce something with a separate manipulators on factory, we see that efficiency of these processes very low. We need to connect our manipulators on factory to uh, create uh, something without humans. We need to, for example, uh, if you uh, if you want to see drone delivery service in your city, you need to have an unmanned traffic management system with a connection with the city government, airports, with the police, with the DHL or other logistic companies, and in the same time with the producers and your rooftop. <laughs> so like uh, everything should be connected together between uh, before you will see a drone delivery service in 15 minutes after your order. Right. And that is in this industrial revolution. Try to connect parts of supply chains together without humans. Uh, to propose for customers much more faster service and much more customized type of production. Okay, that's awesome. That was uh, the most robust, I think, um, definition of the fourth industrial revolution that I've I've ever heard, and that makes so much sense. And then my follow up question to that would be, how does robonomics kind of fit into that? And I think you kind of already answered that with all of the things we've already talked about. And it is it is that layer of communication where you can plug in disparate uh, robots and they can speak to each other and humans can speak to them. And that's it. That, that's the future in a nutshell right there. Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of questions from uh, engineers and from community about, hey, Sergey, uh, right now we have uh, billions of IoT devices. How you want to connect all of them to Robonomics? And my answer to all of these questions is I not try to connect all IoT devices to Robonomics. I try to connect cyber-physical systems because Cyber-physical systems, uh, uh, in my opinion, will be like uh, entities, like uh, corporations, like uh, companies. Uh, if you will look on most part of examples, what I presented before, like a drone base, sensors networks, smart factors, it's entities. It's a fully autonomous entities. And when we have smart factory, which can produce car for you with uh, our options, with our hundred options, what you decided to make it for, for you, uh, you can 
imagine situation when you start using decentralized application, uh, uh, finalize all your options and send transaction with your payment and all technical details directly to smart factory. And question how are manipulators, robotics arms, uh, or uh, conveyor belt? It's not a question about robonomics. It's a question to another robotics engineers who making this work. And uh, because you don't need to create econo- technical plus economical communication between your, your hands when you put glass on right hand and want to put on the left hand, mm-hmm. you don't need to uh, to have a trust-free or zero trust ecosystem for that. Mm-hmm. But when I put something from my hand to another hand, mm-hmm. here is the question. Mm-hmm. And robots, humans, or any type of other philosophical a- agents, it's not care. It's question about assets, transferring assets, and about liabilities. Mm. You don't have liabilities between your hands, but between two humans or between human and cyber physical system. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is quite a big project and uh, it got quite the future ahead of it. And um, I think it's super fascinating. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on this one. I want to end off the interview on an even more philosophical note. There's a a quote that I came across in some of your documentation by Norbert Wiener, um, who wrote Cybernetics. And I'll I'll just read it out. And I want to know what your interpretation of it is, because I I didn't know um, quite what to make of it. But uh, for the listeners, I'll read it out. So it is, let us remember that the automatic machine is the precise economic equivalent of slave labor. Any labor which competes with slave labor must accept the economic consequences of slave labor. So what does that mean? And kind of put it, I guess, into context of, of what Robonomics is, is doing. Yeah, it's, um, it's an example of side effects, um, not a good side effects of total robotization. Uh, you can find some evidence of what exactly happening on all labor market across the world when some part of players on this market start working with automatization of their processes. Uh, Because as I said, we have a good example in terminology uh, like uh, lights out factories. Why we uh, say lights out factories, but means smart factories because robots don't need to have eyes <laughs> to, uh, to make their work. And it means you don't need to care about lights on your factory. Mm-hmm. And it's a more cost-effective for you. You have a less energy consumption. You don't need to buy new uh, parts for your light system on factory and so on. And it's happening with any market right now. 
For example, we have a local market in some country where we have a five companies uh, who produce the same items and or goods, and two companies start their uh, total repetition process. After several years, they will have a less cost of producing their items. And what should make other players on this market? They should start cut off their, their cost of producing. And part of this cut off processes will be less payments for each hour for labor, uh, uh, for labor, for employees. Mm. It's a strange, but it's real happening. Every additional uh, robotic arm in small local market of producing something decreases salary for one person. Mm-hmm. One robotic arm decreases board because, because a robotic arm can work 24 hours and so on, so on. I guess. Mm-hmm. So that is what uh, I mean when I found this seat from Norbert Wiener. Mm-hmm. We have a side effects. We should care about all parts of industrial revolution and we don't need to scare about that. It will happen. We cannot do with that anything. Uh, uh, rebels, terminators, and <laughs> other pictures should be outside our real uh, vision of future. We are dreamers, we are believers, and we clever peoples right now. We can build something interesting, something futuristic, and yes, it will have a side effects, and we need just care about the side effects. So we care, we try to think about additional approach, which can be uh, injected inside protocol, but only in future. Mm-hmm. Right now, we need to deliver on market something which can be useful for engineers and which will be a good player on IoT market. Mm. Awesome. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Sergey, and um, talking at great length about all of this. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say and leave the listeners with? Um, Any place to um, connect with the community or contribute or get involved in any way? Uh, Urbanomics projects, it's not uh, something with something shiny on website. We are engineers, we're robotics engineers. We are focused on uh, theory, on research and development. And uh, we ask to everyone who interested in project, focusing on what exactly is robonomics like you during made before our session. You can find a lot of information about Robonomous Project, but you need to make your own research work. Just go to website, go to community section, go to vision and spend two or maybe more nights Hmm. before you will start speak with your friends 
uh, about robonomics as something what you really understand. But you will find a lot of interesting, I guess, in our books, in our articles, if you're, of course, dreamers right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I can definitely attest to that. There's a lot of information there uh, to dig through. And so I um, highly suggest checking all of that out. Again, I want to thank you, Sergey, for being here. It's been a pleasure. Um, and so we're going to sign off for this episode. And I want to send a shout out, actually, to some of the team that you guys, uh, listeners, don't get to interact or hear from. But we do have a, a great team uh, behind Joe and I as, as hosts. So shout out to Izzy, Alexandra, and Zach, and, and our wonderful editor, uh, Henrik. So thank you all to um, the people behind the scenes. And until next time, guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Relay Chain. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the subjects we talked about today. So please reach out to us on Twitter at Relay Chain or by email podcast at parity.io. The team at Parity has some of the brightest minds working towards building a robust and inclusive ecosystem that puts power back into the hands of its community members. With cross-chain communication as a primary goal, we aim to break down the tribalistic barriers that have formed throughout the blockchain industry. If you want to learn more about what we're building, or if you want to join our team, visit our website at parity.io and sign up for our newsletter at parity.io newsletter.